Hello and welcome to this episode of the Star Wars Universe Podcast. Today we're talking about Kenobi Part 3 with myself, Ashley Coffin, and Paul Hoppy. All that and more after a commercial break we have no control over. Welcome back. I'm your host, Matthew Fox. They, them pronouns. I'm Ashley Coffin. I'm Paul Hoppy. Awesome. Uh, it's so good to have you both on. Uh, we're talking about episode three of Kenobi, but in some ways, actually, we're going to go back just a little bit because Ashley is going to be on for all the rest of our episodes. Uh, Ashley has decided to do every social event and every family event and every concert possible in the <laughs> Philadelphia area over the last couple weeks. It's been crazy. So <laughs> Ashley had to go see a gay cowboy and see Nine Inch Nails and thought that they, you know, I think canceling those things to be on the podcast with us would have been more important. Ashley had, you know, I would have gone see Trent Reznor too or the gay cowboy. They're both awesome. Uh, Peck, right? Orville Peck, Peck. yeah. Orville Peck, the thank best. you. Uh, but let's kind of just start by backing up a bit. And Ashley, what would you think of the first two episodes? I really liked it. I'm really on board. I love that we're getting like this little pocket of story that everybody always talked about. Because like, why wouldn't Vader be going after Obi-Wan Kenobi during all that? Like the whole like, oh, they never saw each other again until that moment. I'm like, but why? <laughs> like, it doesn't make mm -hmm. any sense. But I didn't dwell on it. <laughs> yeah. But now we have this like little pocket story that like even if it doesn't all make sense, I don't care. I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> nice. nice. In some ways, that's kind of a refreshing attitude, I think, in a lot of ways. And I'm glad we have that because certainly the Internet is full of a lot of garbage takes of uh, I mean, this is more the racism. Oh, stuff my God. Ingram's getting to and we'll get into that. But I admit that I I try hard to be that place of like it doesn't all have to fit. There's one thing in this third episode today that had me just like, mm. oh, no. But but which we'll get to. But um, yeah, but I, I think you're right. I think being able to see this as just kind of a fun story that fills in some of the character stuff is it, it's been good. And I I certainly really enjoyed the first two episodes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I don't know. I, in terms of like continuity, I mean, I already talked about the first two episodes. You can go back and listen to that. But um, in terms of continuity, it, it doesn't really particularly bother me. I don't feel like Star Wars has ever been super. Uh, conscientious mm -hmm. when it comes to continuity and things being totally logical and I'm kind of just okay with that like yeah. unless something like really in my view kind of trashes a character or the like takes a character and does something I'm like mm, that's not what I feel like that character would do that always bothers right. me in any piece of fiction um, and we don't have to get into the specific instance where that happened uh, but <laughs> you know here I, I'm like yeah I feel like Kenobi and Obi-Wan could have had some uh interaction before you know right but uh but we don't know and now we now we know but at the same time also my view of canon is like whatever like if you don't yeah. like that there's some particular interaction here that happened it doesn't have to have happened for you you know mm -hmm. unless then this spins off into something else and then you're like all right now i'm trapped in this you know cascading content yeah exactly <laughs> well and I, let me talk about because let's yeah let's you want us to get into that Diving right into that. Yeah, I thought we were going to talk about some other stuff first, but we can just go there right now because there was a yeah, there was something that happened in this episode that did bother me because of how it doesn't fit continuity. And I spent a lot of the afternoon thinking about it and thinking about how I wanted to talk about it because I do think that I think people can get way too wrapped up in this. And I think to some extent, I think the best answer to not having breaks in continuity is to never do prequels. And frankly, I kind of wish everyone would just do that. Because <laughs> I think, you know, a sequel is fine because you're exploring new territory. With a prequel, you always have the problem that you know where things are supposed to end up. And 
you know, we've all talked at length about how the understanding of the past that we had from the original trilogy doesn't really line up with the prequels. And to some extent, like I have 20, I've, we've all had 20 years to get over that. But Paul and I also know we still joke about like, <laughs> this doesn't really make sense, but, <laughs> but fair enough. For me, and, and I, cause I realized why I think I can figure out how to talk about the thing that bothered me. And I promise I'll explain it in a second. Uh, and not just monologue, although this will be a little bit of a monologue. <laughs> I want to monologue longer about how this will or won't be a monologue, but that's not helping. Moving on. Um, for me, the thing that I probably care about most is when things happen that make later things feel wrong or feel irrelevant. And in the original movies, and granted, I watched them as a young kid, so I'll fully cop to being the person who, like, you know, it imprinted on me when I was age three or four. One of the most powerful scenes in A New Hope is when Darth Vader and Obi-Wan confront each other. And, and, and I remember, like, I had always had the sense that they had not seen each other since the, the battle on Mustafar. And as Paul, you were saying, like, we all talked about this a couple times in the episodes leading up to this. And at first I was like, I don't want to see, you know, Vader versus Obi-Wan again. We see that in A New Hope. And enough people, I think, made good arguments of why it doesn't have to be that the last time they saw each other was 20 years ago. It can be 10 years ago and all the stuff about a different way to see it and things like that. And I was like, okay, I'm on board with that. I, <laughs> I'm ready to see them some get, get, a, get along together. But for me, one of the essential things in that moment, one of the things that makes it so powerful is that Vader says, you know, the circle is now complete. When we last met, I was but the student. Now I am the master. And then later says, your powers have grown weak, old man. And so to me, part of what I got out of this is that whenever the last time they met, Kenobi was still more powerful. Kenobi was still the, the teacher and, and, and Vader was still on some level the learner, the student. And <laughs> the, he hadn't yet become an, a weak old man. And so watching this episode where Vader basically kicks Kenobi's ass and almost kills him and whether he doesn't kill him because he just wants to torture him with fire first, <laughs> uh, which we'll talk about that it, this happened in part three, episode three. So that was kind of cool. Or he just thinks he can't kill him, which maybe Paul's what you're talking about. They're not making sense, but either way it felt really wrong to me. And what I kept thinking about it more was, okay, but why does this bother me? You know, does it have to bother me? And I think at the end of the day, the fact that it's a break in Canon isn't the problem for me because like, Leia and Obi-Wan having this much time together also kind of makes some parts of A New Hope not make sense. But who cares? Like, that's one that I'm able to be more like, eh, it's not as big a deal. For me, I think the thing is, I feel like the story of what is Kenobi doing on Tatooine during these 20 years, there's so much depth and possibility in that story. And saying instead, no, we're going to have a Kenobi story, but we're going to have Kenobi fight Vader again... It just and then do it in a way that doesn't actually it, it, it didn't feel like they really thought about how to make it all fit. They just said, you know what? Hayden and Ewan on a screen together is great. Let's put them there. Let's have a fight. Let's not care about much. And that to me, that just feels like lazy writing. I, I think to me, that's why it, it bothered me at the end of the day was like, if you're breaking the continuity to tell an, a new, different, interesting kind of story. Great. If you're doing it just to have the two of them fight, just to have the two of them fight. That that that's where it lost me. So 
monologue rant over. I'll, I'll, I'll pass it on to you to see what you thought. So I saw them giving us that fight in the middle as that's not the only fight we're going to see. And right now, Obi-Wan is weak. And by the end of it, he's going to kick Vader's ass and get away. Like, there's no way mm-hmm. that we're not going to get Obi-Wan back at his, you know, 100% Jedi. And then that's right. when it's only been 10 years since Anakin's kind of been a, a Sith or whatever. And... uh yeah, I would still consider that in like the student kind of thing. Like he's coming in there like, look at what I can do. I'm killing all these people. But Obi-Wan is very he can't use the force right now. So I don't know. I just feel like we're going to we're going to get yeah. that reversal. I th- I, I agree. Uh, I think that's a likely way that this is going to head. I also think that um, there there's some nuance to what Vader said in A New Hope. Ricky actually put the exact quote in the chat. I have it written down from the clip that, right. that you sent. Um, when I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. Like, when I left you, I don't think that's talking about here. I don't think that's right. the last time we met, right? Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. think he's saying the last time we met. I think he's saying when I left you, when I left the Jedi Order to become a Sith, basically. Mm-hmm. I was an apprentice. Now I'm a master. Mm-hmm. And... You know, and I, I, I get you on like the years have made you weak. And, you know, to me, it's like mm-hmm. victory has defeated you. You know, it's like very vain. Um, <laughs> you know, another mass villain. Sure. Uh, He's but, also like, a lot older. And <laughs> right. And, you know, then time ha- has passed. Right. But like, yeah, well, here, I guess defeat has defeated you. But, um, <laughs> you know, I I do think Obi-Wan probably is going to recover some of his power. Yeah. Right. And, oh, I fully agree with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just to me, it's it's not a breaking canon because I, I I don't think like I think when I left you is clearly referring to twenty years before, and this is the mm-hmm. midpoint basically, right? And right. this is kind of I would imagine this is going to end up being sort of a standoff because it almost like kind of has to be like obviously mm-hmm. he's not going to like totally defeat Vader. Right, because because that can't Vader, happen. Yeah, that that's, can't. That doesn't. Make we any all sense. know yeah. it's gonna happen. Right, and obviously <laughs> Vader can't kill Kenobi because because Obi Wan is in A New Hope. Ugh. He's clearly a little different in A New Hope than he is here at the beginning of this. Right, like this is kind yeah. of maybe the the turning point where he's like, you know, he still decides to basically hide and wait until Luke's, you know, like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. I'm gonna do some Force stuff. Um, and the, the stuff with Leia. I feel like them knowing each other is important and actually fills a bit of a gap of like, how, why did she send that to him? You know, why did she send the plans to him? But well, in Rogue uh, One, uh, Bail, Bail, like, I think it's actually Mon, Moth, uh, Mon Mothma says to Bail Organa, yeah. we need to get Obi-Wan. We, we, you need to talk to your friend, right. meaning Obi-Wan. Right. And Bail says, I will ask Leia. To, so it's not Leia who decides to talk to Obi-Wan. It's Bail, it's Bail her father. Yeah, but she's, st- I don't know, the way she says Maybe Obi-Wan she Kenobi, know help it. me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. Like, I don't think you say that to someone who you've never met and you're like, mm-hmm. help me person sure. I've mm-hmm. never heard of. I'm sending these dr- plans to you in a droid. Like This very it, important yeah. thing. Like, yeah, it feels like there was something personal there. Although then they don't really talk about that after Obi-Wan dies, right? Like, but that's no, the thing. Not- that's kind yeah, she's of- not affected in the slightest. Right, but like... Luke's affected for like five minutes, you know, it's kind of, it's not that kind of movie kid, you know, like it's, it's like her whole planet, including her parents got destroyed and she does nothing. So yeah. Right. Exactly. (laughs) And and, you know, it's uh, Obi-Wan, it's that, you know, the master has to die so the student can go on, blah, 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 blah. And yeah, I, I just think it's, um, 
uh, it doesn't fit perfectly. But like, if you go back and you look at the lightsaber duel, like that doesn't fit perfectly. Like that's, right. that's not, you know, Vader doesn't look as, as badass as like he does now because <laughs> they just were like, okay, so, um, here you go here and, um, right. yeah. yeah, you know, you yeah, swing I, this broomstick. Yeah. <laughs> the 70s. Yeah. I, 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 I get all that. And I, I, I definitely did think, I mean, I, I don't, I didn't for a moment think that we weren't going to end with Kenobi in some way winning the end fight or at least getting away in some way. Like, right. so I'm totally well, with yeah, you on those yeah. things. And I, I think I hear you about the idea that this could be the midpoint. It's just, it, it's to me, it's like, as the writer, you don't have to play those kind of words. Like, it, to me, it feels like playing word. It feels like saying, I want to have these two characters fight again. So let's play these word games to make it fit what was already said. And I guess that's what to me, like, and I mean, it's in part because I've read the Kenobi novel about him staying on Tatooine. And yeah. it's not that it has to be that way, but it just feels like, so much of the story, it just feels fairly trote, not trote, uh, by rote or oh. tr- what's the word? <laughs> what, there's a word that's like trote. What the trite? hell am I thinking of? Trite. Thank you. Okay. It it just felt like, and, and I think I kind of had the feeling about this episode a bunch, like the fact that like we had two different times where they almost get caught. Like <laughs> let the guy just be nice to them and then later have someone who like rats them out to have – a lot of this episode just felt very lazy to me, mm. I guess, and I just that that's me why that that scene bothered me. But if it, it's, I'm glad, I was I was very curious how other people would feel about it. So if it doesn't bother you, that's you know. That's Did you notice cool that was Seth Rogen? Oh, was it? Yeah, awesome. the voice of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he kind of looks like Seth Rogen. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you. Um, I it doesn't that part doesn't feel like lazy writing to me. There's. There's a part we'll get to at the end of the episode that I'm like, what are you doing that, (laughs) you know, feels like like that to me or just like nonsensical writing. Um, I I didn't need a a Vader versus Obi-Wan showdown like prequel. (laughs) Some people did. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it it looked really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I guess like. I don't know, go ahead of time I wasn't like that like, oh, great, they're doing a Kenobi series. I was like, okay, they're doing another series, another series, and you know. Um, but like yeah, I, I can see if you have sort of some other stories that take place in this time that you would like to see, that seeing this story instead would be very disappointing. I, I get that, you know, yeah. for sure. Yeah, and it's not even that I wanted the story in the book, it just felt like this is so close to the prequel stories that I felt like you really had a chance to give us something very different. Right. But that, that's my one thing. Um, what else did you all like about this episode or not like about the episode? Yeah, I thought we were on the ranting part. <laughs> oh, and if you want to, let's stay on the ranting part. What, what, uh, Paul, talk about the ending because you seem to have some thoughts about that. Okay. So. Uh, I'll, let me just interrupt you. One second. I just want to uh, thank Riki. Riki put the whole quote from uh, Leia in there and I'll just read it. General Kenobi, years ago you served my father in the Clone Wars. Now he begs you to help him in his struggle against the Empire. I regret that I am unable to prevent my I regret that I'm unable to present my father's request to you in person, but my ship has fallen under attack and I'm afraid my mission to bring you to Alderaan has failed. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. My father will know how to retrieve it. You must see this droid safely delivered to him. Yeah, so that I, I'm gonna give you a yeah, that doesn't sound like somebody who knows somebody well. 
right? Yeah. Um, now it could be like, oh, you don't want other people to know that, I guess. Um, also, well, I don't think he served her his her father in the Clone Wars per se, right? Like, th- yeah. he was part of the Jedi Order, and Bail was part of the Senate, and hmm. the Jedi Order was it, it, it's it's complicated and like I, that phrasing, you know, it's they they made prequels. <laughs> You know, they and not everything fit in like, They could just pretend like she doesn't know that he's not Ben, and she only ever knows him as Ben. Yeah, the Clark Kentness of it all. Yeah, like, she knows they can ben just. Ben. She's never heard of Obi Wan. Yeah, but yeah. now she knows. Oh, he's, does she even know the last name? I mean, she wasn't listening when ten people called him Obi Wan, right? Right, right, right. I mean, Kenobi might just be the Smith or the Johnson of this. Right, universe, you know, oh, like, I how hope many Kenobis so. There are in the it's galaxy. Like Papadopoulos. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, <laughs> all right. The thing I had a big issue with at the end was like the the whole thing felt contrived in terms of okay they're gonna escape they're all gonna go down the tunnel then vader shows up and (laughs) obi-wan basically has like a a force sensitive panic attack cool i like that i'm here for that you know then he decides not to go down the tunnel and the other two go down the tunnel then somehow he gets out of there while they're all out in front I don't know how. Uh. And mm-hmm. the um I forget what her name was, but the you know, the woman who's helping them goes mm-hmm. back uh, out the Hilaria tunnel. Sand. Yeah, hmm? Game of Thrones. Sure. Yeah, Sand. I'm not gonna reference her by her Game of Thrones name. <laughs> but um the you know, the rebel. I'm gonna call her the rebel, because that's okay. what she is. And <laughs> she goes back and leaves Leia alone, which is just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Right, but she's going back, I guess, to help a Jedi because she thinks that's important and that's maybe what she really wants to do more than help this kid. Fine. She somehow gets out of the tunnel somewhere that then she finds Obi Wan. Reva goes down the tunnel, doesn't run into her, and somehow is on the other side to catch Leia when she comes yeah. out. What? Like everyone it, who's evil moves really fast. But not apparently. just like like the geography, the geometry of it. Like well, it she just didn't go doesn't down make the any sense. She ended. She couldn't have. She had to have been like, this is a tunnel. It must come out somewhere and right went that way. Exactly. So she had to go around some other way. But like they don't show us any of that. They don't show us that the tunnel yeah. may be branches. Because we're would supposed have to be to branch, shocked. You know. So I I think what we're missing here, Paul, is that somewhere within that one tunnel is another. Secret tunnel. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Tala, yes, Tala. Thank Tala. you. Ricky. Yeah, that Tala's the name. Thanks. Yes. But just, I just want to give a shout out. Wikipedia is Riki Hayashi, who is my co-host often, along with uh, his partner Sarah Hayashi, on the Star Wars Universe podcast. We did episode by episode coverage of the Clone Wars and Rebels. We'll be doing kind of Kenobi feedback episodes uh, that'll go up on Monday nights or probably go up on Tuesdays. And he's the one who has been putting up all these great quotes. So thank you so much for that, as well as helping us remember the names and things like that. <laughs> Hence the Wikipedia, uh, uh, the encyclopedia for this podcast. So thank you very much. <laughs> uh, and, and he says that it's very Resident Evil map geography. Villain always gets ahead of you. Right. Yeah. And, you know, that, that I'm just like. Look, I know this is how you wanted the story to go, but, like, I felt like the character actions didn't make that much sense, and then the geography of it didn't make that much sense. And I'm like, that's that's two things, you know? And honestly, the beginning of the episode, I really enjoyed a lot. I, I felt like there were a lot of really good moments. Um, you know, uh, the acting. I know it's it's like you see this, like, these people, like, they're people complaining about this actor and then other people like oh you can't complain about that actor and it's like 
can we like maybe like talk about performances without always having everything be like, well, I didn't like this person's performance, so they're horrible and I'm going to be horrible to them and racist and misogynist or like, you know, oh, well, you can't criticize anybody who at all, basically. And it's like it's somewhere in between, I think, you know, are you about yeah. to say something negative about you, McGregor? <laughs> No, actually, it's been pretty fantastic across the board. No, I mean, I think I think Leia in some of the first couple episodes. I'm really ready couple... for them to drop that little kid off. Let's get to the story. That was cute. It was fine. I'm getting a little tired of it. Right. I, yeah, I hear that. I in this episode, I actually didn't have a lot of moments where where yeah. it, this felt more like they kind of established. Like I don't know whether this was shot later or whatever, but like it just th this felt more genuine. And the other ones, there were just a few more moments where it was like. Like, mm, you know, mm -hmm. um, yeah. and and, you know, some of the Inquisitor stuff like I, I'm not crazy about, you know, it's not like I necessarily mm -hmm. think it's bad, but it just feels something, you know, and it's like I, I don't even want to say that because I know a lot of people saying that are like not saying it in constructive feedback sort of ways, you know, <laughs> but it's like but it's it's there. It's like, you know, that's that's not my favorite part. But and I, I think and I think. Like to some extent, I think that's why not just this podcast, but I think there is a lot of good content out there that is doing the kind of middle ground you're talking mm. about. Because I think one of the things that is the whole to me, yes, there are a few people out there saying like, "Oh, if you don't like this character, you're terrible." I think though that's mostly the 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 people who are defensive. They're saying, you know, "Oh, you think that just because I don't like Riva that I'm racist, or just because I didn't like Ray that I'm sexist." And then going on to say pretty racist or sexist things in the in the reason they critique sure. them, and that's you know you and I have talked about that a lot of like that you know you don't like Last Jedi, but you also don't like a lot of the people who when you say I don't like Last Jedi, I'll be like oh yeah you're right how could they let that black character you, you know and yeah I, or I don't I, like what they're doing yeah right exactly and I think that's I I think we can model that here we can be a place where we can say like yeah like I think. I think the idea of being mad at a 10-year-old actor because you don't like the role that they're doing is horrible. Mm -hmm. And the idea that Jake Lloyd got bullied like that is terrible. I thought that the performance given by Jake Lloyd was painful to watch. I think that's probably due to the bad dialogue and the bad direction and the fact that, like, yeah, I, I'm not going to blame a 10-year-old for not giving a good acting performance. Mm -hmm. Right. But it was a painful acting performance, and I think we can name both of those things. And I think I really love this Princess Leia, although for me, I don't mind having her in the show, but it's it's for me, it's taking away from what I want to be seeing right. in terms of like it's not giving Obi-Wan a chance to be alone, mm -hmm. um, uh, which is another thing I think was a problem with this episode is we kind of went to the Anakin thing too fast. But in this, but but yeah, I think I think that that's important that we can talk about these things. And like um, to me, I especially with Inquisitors, and I talked about this a little bit last time, and I'm curious, especially Ashley, your thoughts on this. I really like the tension among the Inquisitors because I feel like it it feels to me like what the dark side is supposed to feel like without the rule of two. Mm -hmm. You know, that they're all ambitious and power-hungry and backstabbing each other and <laughs> fighting over control and stuff like that. And, I don't know, I, I, I think uh, Moses Ingram's doing a great acting job, but, you know, I, I get... People can disagree on that and not be terrible. It's just that... It's hard to talk about, Paul, and there I agree with you, because a lot of the people who disagree are being pretty horrible. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And it's like you can have a problem with the casting or you can have a just like not love the performance, you know. And it's right. like I, I thought she was fantastic in The Queen's Gambit, 
you know, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm happy to see more from her. Um, I just, you know, th- her and, and also, um, Sung Kang, who's from like the Fast and the Furious, uh, mm-hmm. uh, series and, uh, I, which I haven't actually seen. I've seen him in Better Luck Tomorrow, which was <laughs> kind of an accidental prequel to various Fast and yeah. Furious movies. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, it just, it feels a little stiff to me and, mm-hmm. but I don't know that that might be more dialogue and direction and whatever, you know, we and have, it's like, just kind of You guys know her like backstory or is she a new character? She's a, she's a new character. I, I think the backstory I think has been hinted at by the fact that she's a girl, probably it's it's a pretty explicit, girl. Younger think, her. Yeah. Okay. So I was just going to say that that's definitely what I got from it, that the shoe is one of the little Jedi kids in the beginning. hundred percent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. And my theory is that Anakin actually, like something happened that made, and I think we're going to see it in a flashback at some point, that made Anakin Vader decide not to kill her and to help her. Mm-hmm. And that's why she's so personally devoted to Anakin. But mm-hmm. it, it might also be that like maybe when Obi-Wan came back, she was hiding, but he didn't help her in some way mm-hmm. or like, you know, who knows? Right. But, there's there's some backstory that's been hinted at. It's pretty clear she was a Jedi in the temple yeah. or Pat. And we all pretty... Feel like she'll she's probably gonna have a hero turn. Mm-hmm. Right? It seems possible okay. for sure, so, or like a gray you know? line because I feel like we need to start getting some more of the gray Jedi's, Siths. What what do you yeah. call them? The, the in betweens. I mean, there's gray yeah, Jedi. Gray, or gray just Jedi is a term that's not Sith force users, right? Like, yeah, they're like probably oh, yep. a little this, little that. <laughs> you have something going on with your headphones. Sorry, we're getting some kind of weird buzzing noise, but it's actually not from the headphones. It's just happening outside. <laughs> I was like, uh, I don't um, hear anything. Maybe an air raid warning. Oh, great. Yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of hope we don't have her have a, a, a heel turn, like a, a hero turn. I like her just being evil. Me because too. Because I think she is a very compelling villain right now. Mm-hmm. Um, one further thing, just on the content of the kind of the way people are attacking her, that, that Riki said that I, I really want to echo, and I'll, I'll say I also made a TikTok about this earlier today. Uh, Riki says... Also, responding to tweets concerning racism is not the place to bring up your opinions about someone else's acting slash character. And I condemning racism. Condemning, yeah, thank you. Um, Because that's something I see all the time. Like a couple months ago, I was putting up a bunch of tweets about like, look, if you don't like Ray, how about we just stop talking about it? Or can we at least acknowledge that like, let's stop being sexist about it? And got a lot of people being like, well, okay, but actually, here's why Ray's terrible. And I was like, a, that's not the point. And b, like when you're when you're pushing that into the conversation, it, it kind of is like, so why are you so defensive about this? And I'm I'm definitely seeing that about Reva uh, Moses Ingram quite a lot as well of, you know, hey, whatever you think of the character, how about we just stop, like, making racist personal attacks against her? And then people are responding, well, but no, her character sucks. Right, it's like, right, right. why do you think that's relevant to a discussion about well, not being terrible over to the Ray, they did this exact same thing to that chick who played Rose. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 If not, you know, yeah, worse mm-hmm. than Ray, like everybody, you know, the Ray that that was yeah. real bad. That was like this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I I think that's a really good point. Um I I do think it's a little bit hard and it's something mm-hmm. that a person needs to deliberate like when someone's like, you know, even if you think such and such, you know, can we not do such and such? It's like my natural reaction is to be is like, yeah, I do think such and such, but totally not the other thing, you know, and blah, blah, right. blah. And like, I think it's a really good point to be like, yeah, maybe just don't 
say the first thing, maybe say that separately. You know, if you want to say a thing, be like, look, I'm just going to talk about this, you know, in my own tweet, not responding to a tweet. Like you and McGregor, I thought made a really nice, um, like a little video. Yeah. I like, like, I shared that too. I liked it. And like, I, I mean, I think responding to, to that with like, um, oh, I totally agree, but I still really don't like her performance is like, you know, yeah, uh, 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 just don't do that. You, you know? just don't need the butt. And, just... and the thing is, a lot of people don't put in the I totally agree. They just go right to the. Sure, right, right. Yeah, of yeah. course. Of course. Yeah. I, and I will say also, I love what Ewan McGregor said. I love that Star Wars put out their tweet. And I think actually that's why I was really glad that you brought up Kelly Marie Tran because like and I don't think this inval- – Ricky actually put up a tweet about this earlier – I don't think what Star let me start that again. Star Wars, I think, utterly failed to defend either Kelly Marie Tran or uh, John Boyega, and actually kind of nerfed both of their characters. Mm-hmm. I think it's hard to argue it wasn't in part impacted by all the critique they got. Right. And I still like to me this doesn't forgive that, but I also think that what that happened when that happened that doesn't invalidate this. Like to me, this is. I wish Star Wars had had this kind of reaction and Disney had this kind of reaction back then. Mm-hmm. But I, I am still glad that they're that they're much more uh, intentionally stepping up and being like, hey, we're standing behind Moses. This is terrible. Stop. Yeah. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. I mean, you can you can fail one time and then you do something better the next time. I mean, un- unless Vader's your boss and then you're just dead. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Um. Yeah, and I, I will also say I, I – part of why I was struggling this episode was I, I – you know, I think but when we recorded on the last one, we hadn't really been made aware yet of just how vir- viral and terrible the attacks against Moses were being and the character. I think we knew there was some of that happening. But that was all in my head as I was watching. And so I, I, I actually – kind of what you're talking about, Paul. Mm. I caught myself a couple times. There were a couple scenes that felt – off to me and i was like no no no, i have to defend mm. no wait a minute i and i as i saw it i thought the dialogue was pretty wooden and, right. and maybe that was the act maybe maybe it was the acting maybe it was the direction maybe it was the writing i don't know <laughs> some of those scenes with the inquisitors definitely felt it just felt forced you know in a way that like there is so much subtlety to what should be happening there and the way they're all the politics among all of them yeah. and like, like, and the whole thing of like one of them contacting Vader instead of her. It's kind of wonderful, I think, because like on the one hand, it's very Sith. It's very dark side. But also I've had that moment where like I was pissed when my coworkers told my boss the good news instead of me. Like I get that. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Mm. And, and I, I, I wanted to love that scene, but it just, yeah, it, it fell a little flat to me. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I mean, I I think it very well may be the writing as much as anything else, you know? Um, I mean, again, these are actors that I've seen in other things and enjoyed them in. Um, and, and to be clear, like, I'm not like, these are terrible performances. Like, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying, like, it, it just feels a little, like, a little forced. And, um, I, I, like, there's a lot of writers on these projects, on this mm-hmm. one project, which is basically a six part movie in a lot of ways. So I think having that many writers sometimes, I mean, if you look back at like the production timeline and like how they came up with a story and then someone else took it over and then someone else, Mm -hmm. sometimes that, you know, you get this kind of Hollywoodization of like, Oh, well we have to fix this. We have to fix that instead of having as much of an organic story. And then there's another thing though, that I think like, you know, 
Darth Vader is such a great villain. And mm. one of the things that makes Darth Vader work is the helmet, you know, is the mask. Mm -hmm. And when you then have all these inquisitors kind of, kind of modeling Vader a little bit, right? I mean, I feel like mm -hmm. they're all kind of like modeling themselves after, after Vader in a way, mm -hmm. but all their faces are showing. I think, I think that's harder, right? Like seeing the human there, even if the character's, you know, not human, but you see the makeup. I, for me, that's that's just a little harder. And that's, again, the sort of thing that I feel like in animation is easier for me. Obviously, for some people, it doesn't work very well. But for me, it's like, it's kind of like the thing, like when you have kid actors, right? Like there's just, there's certain things that I think are harder to do in live action, are harder to do yeah. without, you know, like would Mandalorian be the Mandalorian without the helmet on most of the time? Like, no, right? I mean, it's like yeah. if you always were seeing Pedro Pascal. No, no, Pascal's Pedro Pascal's face. pretty damn charming. <laughs> right. But but he shouldn't be charming most of the time, right? That's <laughs> yeah. the thing. It's like you shouldn't get to see his face. It's like if Carl Urban had taken the off it's the helmet in dread that. like Sylvester Stallone did, like <laughs> mm -hmm. you don't have the same um yeah. the same effect, you know? And so I I think it's it's just to me it seems like something that's very challenging that they're doing a lot of good things with. Um, and there's aspects in the performance I do enjoy a lot, but also just doesn't quite, it, it just feels a little, a little forced to me. And honestly, like if I went back and, and rewatched the original trilogy or not rewatched, if I watched the original trilogy for the first time, like this year, I, I would, I would probably have some things to say that I'm like, no, that's just the performance. That's, that's what I see. You know, I see something <laughs> with different eyes than somebody who has seen it for the first time. For sure. For sure. Yeah, and, and I will, by the way, use that, though, as a, re as a reason to talk about what I think was my single favorite thing about this episode, because there was a lot of things I liked. Um, but the thing, and, and it, it's funny, because when, when I first heard that Hayden and Vader were going to be coming back to this, I had two big fears. And I feel like the show, on the one hand, like, it did the thing I didn't want them to do in terms of the playing <laughs> with canon, and we talked about that. But it also did, it, it did not do the other thing I was afraid of, hmm. which is... And I am curious where you're going to go because we had such a big deal made out of Hayden Christensen coming back. And part of me, I remember, was thinking, like, even putting aside my own thoughts about him as an actor, wait a minute, this is Vader. We're not supposed to be getting a Hayden Christensen voice. We're going to be supposed to be getting a James Earl Jones voice. Mm -hmm. And so the first time Vader spoke and I was like, is, is that? Is, and I, I like I'm not always very good at identifying voices. And so I don't want to get too hopeful. And I was like. Could Hayden Christensen be doing the best James Earl Jones impersonation <laughs> anyone's ever done? I don't think Reverb. so. And then, yeah, about, you know, good five minutes in, I was like, that's got to be, right? And I, I didn't look it up because I didn't want to be spoiled. And then we got to the credits and it said James Earl Jones. And I was like, okay. And I think that's great. I think yeah. I think if you had Hayden Christensen's voice now, it would no. completely break canon and feel wrong and just not have the same effect. Because I think part of what makes him such a good villain is that incredibly deep, resonant voice. But it kind of makes me wonder, what is Hayden Christensen like? Hell no, I, maybe he's making the best paycheck he's ever made in his entire <laughs> life. He doesn't have to do anything but stomp the heck around and look mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. I mean, and he is. I mean, I think the way he's physically moving feels it, it, it. There was something about Vader in Rogue One, like the battle scene at the end was awesome. Oh, but some of it favorite. didn't feel quite right. Yeah. He's scary as hell the way he moves. Mm -hmm. And I think if that's Hayden Christensen as the body actor. Fantastic. 
and maybe we're going to see him in some like flashbacks or some like he's going to talk to Obi-Wan with a helmet off. I don't know. But the choice to bring in James Earl Jones, I mm-hmm. I kind of feel bad to Hayden if Hayden's actually not a big part and they just kind of wanted to do that so that James Earl Jones was a surprise. I don't know. But <laughs> whatever it is, I'm loving it. Yeah, I agree. That's as much Hayden Christensen as I need to see. It to to me it, it feels like not even a choice. Like how how could you not do yeah. it this way, right? Mm-hmm, right? Like I mean, from one syllable, I was like, oh, that's James Earl Jones. Like right. it, you know, I mean, it's it's just like that's that's definitely him, you know. Um, and and yeah, I mean, nobody else can can do Vader <laughs> really convincingly to me, you know. Right. And so, um, I. To do anything else would be unthinkable. And <laughs> and in terms of like, like I agree with you. I don't imagine how you'd want anything else. James Earl Jones is ninety one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's not an automatic get. I don't think by any means. Choosing to to use him should he choose to do it. The choice is whether yes. he wants to do it, not whether you ask yeah. him. Right. He should have no power in this decision. Exactly. He was probably uh, like, yep. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, I bet with like audio engineering these days, though, you could probably do you it know, basically. Right. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you don't actually need the, the hue. I mean, how did they do Tarkin in Rogue One? Yeah. yeah I mean, it was a lot of I think it was someone out. But a lot of it was like a computer generated, like, yeah. you know, feed all his voice into something. Um, Courtney points out in chat. Imagine meeting Luke for the first time today. He's such a whiny little bee. Um, which I would be fine. I don't know. I love Luke, but yeah. like I hear you, you know. But I was going to, you know, Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. <laughs> Although I, I, we didn't talk about it last time, I did love that Obi Wan is the one who finds and leaves this toy. Mm-hmm. I remember, like one of the, one of the weird things about that movie is he's supposed to be like. 19 he wants to go to college and there he is like playing with a model starship mm-hmm. but like seeing that obi-wan gives it to him when he's 10 and so far he hasn't gotten it yet so we'll yeah. see what happens he I'm wants to go to the point. academy right the imperial flight academy right right yeah which i think is like college it's like the air force academy <laughs> it's or... like right, the right, right, right. troopers it's, academy it's, it's learning to fly yeah. <laughs> a thing that he's playing with so it, yeah yeah <laughs> I watch adults make Lego on on t- Twitch, so it doesn't seem I mean, that weird to me that he's playing with the model. I don't know. Look, I I don't get things. If people enjoy that, that's fine. I kind of think like childhood things you leave in childhood, adult things you do as an adult. So I'm just gonna like make podcasts about Star Wars and fly around the world playing Magic the Gathering. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, something I loved is that Disney finally went for it and showed someone getting cut in half. Yep. Oh, and right. Really they actually enjoyed got it. bisected yeah. by the... Because they always the just, like, don't, or it's just the helmet. Right. And I was like, whoa, they did it. <laughs> I mean... Um, do, you, do you not remember Mandalorian Season 1, Episode 1, then, with the door? Yeah, but like, it, was just, it was just, like, his helmet that click-clanked down. Right? I, I thought you saw half his body fall off. I don't know if it was his, like, slow motion falling backwards. Uh-huh. Is, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I was like... Bravo, Disney. Yeah. I was like, oh, I thought that was just like a force field. <laughs> I guess you don't want to touch that thing. It was thing. red. You know better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I, I will say also, going back to that early stuff, um, in some ways, like, I, I would love to have a whole show about young Princess Leia. I love her as a character. I like the actress. To me, I think the worst thing that's happened with her so far is that 
she was running down a hill and two grown men couldn't catch her. Oh, that was like, terrible. That chase scene was awful. But yeah. It had nothing to do with that, that young actress. Mm-hmm. I, I don't totally agree with that, but okay. Okay. I mean, um, she's running in woods that she knows. And she's yeah, smaller, but they which only can run. be an asset. They got little legs. If I couldn't catch a kid, I don't know. I'd be like, here's my, my gun. Just like, what I am mean, I doing here? I don't know. Go try and catch a kid. Actually, don't. People I could catch upset. a kid. Yeah. I could do it, probably. <laughs> I, I think, Not I don't know. you two. I don't think it's as easy. <laughs> I always catch Katie's kid. Yeah. But she's a little, yeah. yeah. Come here, little (laughs) shit. You know. Like a lot of this, I think we could headcanon a reason why she gets away. I I just thought the way it was shot didn't make sense. But my point being, like, actually, I'll get more to why I kind of wish we weren't getting as much of her going forward. But I did think the scene with, you know, with Obi-Wan saying to her, now be quiet. You're the one who doesn't talk. Here's our cover story. And she just immediately is like, nah. Yeah, like yeah. to me, that was like into the garbage shoot fly boy one hundred percent. Like that yeah, felt yeah. such perfect writing of that's the girl who grows up into the 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 garbage shoot girl. For sure. The garbage shoot <laughs> girl. Yeah, that's <laughs> I said that and I was like, I think I probably should have said woman. I also don't think that was the worst part of what I just said, but you know, there we go. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, Courtney uh, also says, don't get me wrong. I feel that desperate need for power converters in my soul. I'm so nostalgic for it. Reminds me of my dad. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I I didn't grow up with like the mechanic dad. I grew up in an apartment. Um, but yeah, I can, I can, I, I was never a car person at all, but yeah, you know, you, you, you want to work on the car. You want to do the, the cool electronic stuff. I can get that. <laughs> Just it's the, it's the high, like Mark Hamill was definitely a tenor back then. Like he, that voice went high. But, like, the point is, like, you know, the, the development, I think, right? I yeah. mean, yeah, they were, you know, just using this this formula that now everything uses all the time. But, like, you know, at the time, um, I think it was a, a pretty coherent story to tell. Although their first Star Wars movie is actually my least favorite of the original trilogy. But. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. I, I don't think it's the best. It's my favorite. Because just to sure. watch. Yeah, 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 then, yeah. Yeah. This must not be cool. <laughs> So... For me, the other thing about the Le- – here's the thing about the Leia thing, and it's, again, like I'm trying hard not to let this be the show that I want it to be because I, I do think that's a problem. You know, when you go in, you're like, you know, I, I don't want it to be the Mephisto of it all by any means. But I do think that there's kind of a sense of, like, wasted opportunity. And for me, I think – and, Paul, you kind of pointed this out as well. I, I get that may- – I, I think, and certainly a lot of people have been talking about this, that the reason why they wanted to have a Kenobi – uh, Anakin fight so early was because this is the third part and that they oh. had their thing in episode three right, right, right. and he literally burns him. It's tit yeah. for tat revenge thing. To me though, the moment of like, I thought the best moment of both the first two episodes was Obi-Wan realizing that Anakin Darth Vader is still alive, mm-hmm. you know? And I wanted time to sit with that. Mm, I wanted yeah. time to see him wrestling with that maybe him not believing it or and so having him just meet him so fast and spending all his time taking care of leia until then it, it just felt like wasted opportunity did you guys feel the same way or how did you feel about jumping into a vader confrontation so quickly i think i already answered that question a little bit <laughs> listen yeah. my favorite part of the whole episode is when uh obi-wan kenobi lights up that blue saber for the first time daddy yes right in the camera I was just like, oh, yeah, here we go. And then he turned it off and ran away again. I was like, stop doing it. 
<laughs> Go fight them. And then they gave it to me and I was very happy. Yeah, yeah I yeah. don't know. I loved it. It does feel to me like pacing designed for people who want to see action as opposed to yeah. pacing designed for, um, you know, someone who wants to see, you know, the, the slowly building tension. And I could certainly see how you could do a like they could have all just gone on down the tunnel and gotten away after feeling that right after mm-hmm. that that feeling um i do think when vader just started killing random people like maybe kenobi feels like he has to do something right mm-hmm. um although you know i kind of I mean, like that he's like a little sorry everybody i'm out <laughs> right yeah exactly <laughs> good luck guys in this town that town that town that's not you know i gotta do yeah. me right now and i mm-hmm. really respect that <laughs> gray I mean, when, jedi yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's so I, I could see that being, a, you know, and then you drop Leia off and then he's back on Tatooine. And then I feel like you can't have Vader come to Tatooine, but I feel like they're definitely going to do that, which um, I I mean, I, I don't know how that's going to work and then not step on a new hope, but OK. Um, but it, it was really well done, I thought, mm-hmm. like cinema, like cinematically right the cinematography like Mm -hmm. it was it was shot like a horror film first of all to Mm -hmm. begin with right and Mm -hmm. i thought it was very effective um it reminds me a little bit of how they did the ahsoka scene in um mandalorian but kind of on the opposite side where you know it's it's the villains not the the hero right uh so i i thought that it was beautiful visually um, and I enjoyed their interaction to some extent, but it, it did feel a little bit like, yeah, maybe they blew their load a little early and maybe they could have kind of built up tension more, but <laughs> yeah. you know, maybe, maybe you want to go two times, three times. I don't know. Well, I, I love, I, I really loved the fact that Vader couldn't um, drag his face back through the thing. He could have destroyed that damn robot and then just drug him back. There was no getting away with Vader being there, but I mean, how it's so Vader of him to right. be struck with so much um, emotion. That's mm. that's his biggest problem. So I I took it as, and for just to agree on the cinema, cinematography point, 100%, there's a couple of moments where they do the thing where it's mostly darkness and Kenobi just has, he's lit by this like bluish glow <sighs> of his lightsaber. Yeah. It was so yes, it, it reminded Mama. me of one of the few moments of Attack of the Clones that I think is fantastic when Dooku, Anakin, and Obi-Wan are fighting in this dark cave yeah. and they're all just lit by the, the lightsabers. So that moment was great. I thought I thought it was entirely I thought Vader would have been able to kill Obi-Wan in that moment and chose not to. Specifically because he wants to torture him. He wants mm. he wants to make Obi-Wan suffer. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, I hear you saying, I, I, I don't, I, I don't think for me it was that Anakin oh. had too much emotion. I think Anakin was like, eh, I'm not done playing with my toy. I mean that you could okay. say that is too much emotion. It's a different emotion. Well, yeah, that's also true. <laughs> also true. <laughs> too much, uh, thirst for the, the vengeance and, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I'm at. You can't figure it out when they got masks on. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's, was he that's, like- no. Or right, get you later. <laughs> or is it like I'm constantly in pain? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, ow, ow, ow. It <laughs> reminds me of the end of Empire Strikes Back when um, the you know the Millennium Falcon gets away and Vader standing there on the bridge just looking out at you know at the stars and 
Right. Uh, and then turns around and walks back and everyone's like, please don't force choke me. Please don't force choke me. Where <laughs> it feels like there's so much emotion. You, you kind of don't know what the emotion is. It's kind of up to you. You can kind of like yeah. project it, but there's, there's, there's so much tension, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and here it felt like there was a little less tension, maybe because everything was on fire. Uh, <laughs> but, but there, there was, there was definitely still some, some emotion, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. Right. I think also in terms of tension, it's – I like that we had the Jedi in the first two episodes, and I really like the character of uh, – that Cleo Nanjani is playing. And I kind of – I feel like when the scene is a fight where the only real named characters we've really come to care about are all people who we know live through this experience, that that's for me I think was taking out a lot of the tension of it. It's mm. that like – and that's a problem with all prequels, but, like, there was never a moment where I actually believed that Anakin might kill him or that right. Leia might get killed or that, you know, any of these things yeah. because we've seen all of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something that, for, like, I just don't care, but I understand that, like, that level of stakes is, like, like, I understand intellectually that's, like, important to people, you know? Right. Um, personally, I find sometimes I can just enjoy things more easily then. You know, because mm-hmm. like I don't necessarily want that as like the actual stakes in this story. You know, right. it's like because I'm like, yeah. oh, you killed off that character. I'm going to quit your show. You know, <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that was the that was the person I was watching this show for. You know, <laughs> like if if they're the title character, even if it's not a prequel, you pretty you can be pretty sure they're not getting killed in the third episode of six. You know, right. they might die in the last one. Maybe they could get killed in the third episode of six. And then the next three episodes are just flashbacks. But, oh. like, you know, that will be a bold choice. I mean, <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Well, I would just say, for me, it's not that I want there to be stakes. Like I said, I, I think I'd be happiest with a story entirely on Tatooine where it's Obi-Wan deciding, like, how much to re- – the stake is how much is he going to reveal himself. And he's never in real danger. Right. It's that I felt like the episode wanted me to believe there were stakes. It right. was trying to build the tension mm. of what's Vader going to do to him. And I know the answer to that. Right, I, right. What's going to happen when uh, Tala <laughs> leaves Princess Leia alone? I know that she's okay. There's this yeah. small group of children being farmed up right now that don't know it, though. Could you imagine yeah. getting right. to start now? Can we not use the term farmed up for me? Well, you, yes, uh, you Star Wars farming them up. You know, you start them young. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and you got to oh, make sure we that they keep it Jedi going. Getting yeah, that's what I thought too. Yeah. And I really she meant real children. And I was like. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. I, I will say one thing I want to add to the whole, you know, that this is kind of going back to, um, you know, performances and whatever. But I, I'm actually really interested in seeing the interaction between Leia and Riva. Um, I I think there's yeah. definitely some interesting things they could mm-hmm. do there. And, you know, I'll be curious if just like that dynamic plays, plays more in, in a way that, that I enjoy. Turn. Like mm-hmm. that, if anything is going to cause the hero or the right. anti-hero Maybe. turn, Maybe. it would be yeah. saving yeah. the little girl. And Not, that's why I would be a better, I would be a better grand inquisitor. Right, right. You'd be like, I don't care. Let's just go. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. um, yeah, and I mean, I, 
I think she's about the same age that she was, right? When it looks like, like maybe, it, more mm-hmm. or less. Um, so I, I think that's going to be a very interesting, like the way they got there, totally nonsensical to me, but I, I think, okay, you want to have that scene, <laughs> like, I don't know, maybe, maybe you have a whole, do you have a whole episode where that's the dynamic? Like, does, does Leia know Vader? Cause doesn't, in A New Hope. She, yeah, she, she says, does, right? like, I thought a rec, um, she says to, Tarkin, she says she, your stench, Tarkin, right? I recognized your stench. Yeah. Or, no, she says to she Tarkin, says to... I rec- recognize you holding Vader's leash. Right. But to Vader, she says something like, um, only you could be so bold or something. Is that? Yeah. Right? I mean, I, I definitely get the idea. Like, to me, it's the impression of, like, you know, Vader's often with the Emperor when he comes to the Senate. Like, yeah. you know, Vader's kind of a known political force. So, yeah, I, I think they definitely know each other. That, that to me, is not breaking canon. Yeah. So, I think that's interesting. And then... Her, like, so, but I would like to see her and Reva first, and then her and Vader. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. You know, so I think there's definitely some interesting places that it can go with that. And then I guess this becomes a rescue mission for again. like episodes four and five or something. But we like already that. did that in episode two. I'm like, right, here we go. We, again, we couldn't have we just drop this kid mission off. from some like actually intimidating people, not like yeah. flee. Flee. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> flee. What yeah, did you I, think I, of I, flee being uh, in this? Just. I like that they just have these randos pop up and they okay. like yeah. they like Jason Sudeikis and what's his face being the stormtroopers in Mando. Right, right, like yeah, I, yeah. I, whatever, it's yeah. fine. What's yeah. Flea doing right now? Good sure. for him. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel. Sorry. I, I didn't. I couldn't tell who it was, so it didn't. He just seemed oh. like he a, he looks like I, someone who couldn't catch a yeah. seven to. F- yeah, 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 exactly. I'm like, I buy that he can't catch her. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's a great bass player, but like not necessarily that athletic. He doesn't look like much of a runner. I thought he was Sting at first, which is funny because he's also a bass player <laughs> who acts. Though I will say that was one another moment where I was surprised that they were jumping so far into the jugular instead of being a little more subtle. Because what I thought was going to happen was, you know... Pirates kidnap the daughter of rich people for ransom because that's what people do a right. lot. Sure. Yeah. Um, and that it would be something like – so it, this would have nothing to do with anything the Force. But, you know, Bail Organa's freaking out. It's his daughter. He goes to Obi-Wan and somehow the, like one of the Inquisitors finds out about this. Like, mm, you know, right. give us much more of a subtle story <laughs> and let things build for a couple of episodes. I mm. thought that was her plan from the beginning though, right? To take yeah, – yeah. yeah, this was all the Inquisitor's plan. Yeah. Which I was just like, yeah, like it's, it just feels lazy to me. I think, like, I think there's a way to make that story more interesting. Yeah, that was yeah, six I, episodes. There's not. <laughs> why can't they not. always do ten? Just uh, ten. And for the record, apparently Filoni's the one who's like, hey, why don't you have Inquisitors in this? Like, why don't you go bigger than just being on Tatooine? So I know mm-hmm. it's like often a continual Filoni love fest, but like that's a and you know an example of like you know maybe made a suggestion that you're not that fond of. I I. I, some, the word lazy with writing, like, it kind of irks me a little bit, um, partially as a writer who doesn't write nearly as much as I would like to because it's so <laughs> like, hard. But, like, um, it, it, it for me, it's like there's things that are contrived and I guess there's things that, it like, it feels like very kind of uncreative and tropey, I guess. I, mm-hmm. I think kind of when you mean lazy, when you say lazy, you mean kind of yeah. like un- it's the low-hanging fruit. Yeah, it's the yeah. like, 
I think if you asked a hundred, you've asked a hundred people, like come up with a story about these characters. This is the one the majority would come up for because it's the first one you think about, and that doesn't always mean it's a bad thing. But like, I, I, I think you could have gone deeper. I think sure. you could have found some more interesting twists yeah. to it because, like, like you said, we now have another. Leia rescue plot, which to me, and maybe we won't get it. Maybe she'll right. free herself. Maybe something else will happen. But it, it's, I, when I watch the end of that episode, I'm like, oh, I'm interested to know what will happen when Reva and Leia spend time together. Yeah. I'm not interested in watching her get rescued again. I saw that already. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. It's, it's like those four episodes of the Clone Wars that in an otherwise excellent season seven, where like they escape like two or three times. And I'm like, this is the same episode as the last episode. Um, But yeah, um, Ricky says, um, why does fifth brother claim he is next in line? What do their numbers even mean? I think maybe there's more brothers (laughs) than sisters. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like fifth brother, I mean, because I mean, these are naming conventions in, in family sometimes, right. Where like the fifth brother, might be older than the third sister if there's like right. you know five brothers and and like three sisters she could still be the youngest i don't know um well, and maybe there's and other I things i think it's pretty clear seniority is not what counts in the dark side it's not who's next in line it's who's proven themselves most you know but he he and, says he's next in line doesn't he mm-hmm. well right he but i'm, I'm saying oh that but I that's think, not necessarily how it's actually gonna work yeah well no it's not i think I don't think he means I'm next in line because I'm the highest number or something. I think he means because, you know, remember six months ago, Vader thought I did a great job catching those kids in Kashyyyk or whatever it is. And so Vader said you're the next in line then. I I see. That's the impression I got. Gryffindor has the most points. And so. (laughs) Yeah. Or are they all Slytherin? I don't know. Slytherin for life. Um, Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pro Slytherin. Um, Without the transphobic writer nonsense right, that sure, just obligatorily, yeah. I'm always going to say we bring that up. Two, three, especially it's Pride Month, but yeah, <laughs> I'm pro Slytherin. Um, what are some comments there? <coughs> I one other thing I'll say about Riva is that like I think she looks awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm you know, just like happy to see a Sith female in a live action thing. That's yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I'm totally here for that, hundred percent. Yeah, I don't yeah. care like. Whatever she's been, I'm like, yep, be evil, be be a mean, you know. I'm not gonna curse, but yeah, what yeah. she's doing, what it was she's putting down, I'm picking up, and I'm loving it. I'm like, yeah. don't break, kill that little kid. I know you're not going to, but like, if it gets bad, like that would make like like the Sith, like I don't know. That's why I feel like she's gonna have the, the hero chase. So, I have a question. Yeah, is she a Sith? No. So here's right. here's my understanding of it. The the Sith, the Sith themselves are only the people who are granted the title of Darth. You know, oh, they okay. are actual Sith masters. And it used to be that there were thousands of them, but they were always fighting with each other because the dark side is all about ambition and like right. you know, power sets you free and breaks your chains and all this. And and so one thing that the Clone Wars and the Rebel uh, Rebels established, but also the books helped do this, is that. There are other dark side force users who the Sith will sort of control and use as pawns, and they will have a lot of, like, you know, infighting and the like, but they're not actual Sith. Mm-hmm. So, for example, Dooku doesn't become Darth Tyrannus, Darth Tyrannus until they think Maul is dead. And then when Maul comes back, Sidious is like, I, I don't want another... 
I don't want another. I have right. uh, Dooku, and I'm going to have Anakin soon. Yeah. I don't need you. And I right. don't. I, so, yeah, I think and the idea is they're all. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Maul. And Spider Maul. Right? To... Spider Maul. Spider Maul. <laughs> Spider Maul <laughs> does. <laughs> yeah, so I think the idea is that they're like, they are dark side force users. They're working for Sith Lords, and they may want, you know. Right. You they're aspiring time, Sith. Paul, like, I kind of think that every couple of years, Darth Vader's like, hey, how about you and I go conquer the universe <laughs> yeah, and together? And together we will. <laughs> yes, I love that. Right. He would get me in a second. I'd be like, me? <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's part of what I like so much about Reva's character is that, you know, in the original movies, what we saw is that Vader is very obsequious towards the Emperor. Like, right. he kind of wants to kill him sometimes, but still he's like, yes, my master, whatever my master. Like, yeah. we have to find the Millennium Falcon, take us out, but then, no, no, no stop it immediately because I have to talk to the Emperor. And so seeing Reva, like, she kind of is like that to Anakin, but to everyone yeah. else, she's like, you mm-hmm. think you can boss me around? I'm going right. to stab you in the back. Yeah. And I, I just love that because to me that feels so... I love it. Like, mm-hmm. You know, it's that I have one person I'll give my allegiance to right. and everyone else can kick rocks. Yeah, exactly. I like it. Yeah she, yeah, she wants to become Vader's apprentice and then overthrow the Emperor with him. That's like, that's clearly like her her plan, right? Yep. Um, and I kind of like, honestly, that's one of the downsides of being a prequel is like, I don't know, I'd watch that. You yeah. know, <laughs> I'm here for that. Totally. <laughs> I, I enjoyed her interaction with Vader a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um, so I think that's about all the things I wanted to touch on. Um, any other last points from either of you? Uh, no, I'm good. I, I didn't like write it. any yeah. notes. I have no bullet okay. points. So Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll just say it was kind of nice to stay up till you know, because for a while I've been staying up till two in the morning for, I think there was something else before Moon Knight, and then it was Moon Knight, and then, that you know, it's been nice no. to... Oh, oh, I have Hawkeye. one note. Um, oh, uh, Hawkeye, yeah. My one Good. note says, with the benefit of hindsight, yeah, he probably should have just killed him. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, he should have. <laughs> or, or rescued him and been like, "Look, I'm going. You're, you're not going to be doing any damage right now." Well, I'm if you're already you going to let his arms, his face, and his legs burn off, do the nice, like, put him out of his misery. Kill little, him. Little coup de gras. Yeah, I yeah. can't kill you, but I'm going to let you slowly burn to death. But I'm not going to watch. So. Yeah. The, and meanwhile, the, I'm going to yeah. yell at you about how you did terrible That's, things. That I'm cool like, with that. I throw a rub it in his face, man. Like, look at what you did. I didn't do this. You did this. I gave you every opportunity, and I took the high ground, and I warned you. But end it. Look at what yeah. you did, yeah. Obi-Wan. I, I feel like that's, like, one of the better scenes in, Return, in Revenge of the Sith, like, slash one of the only good ones. But, yeah. like, it also doesn't make any sense at the end. It's like, really? You just... You just left him there. You just left him. After this whole long, I can't kill him. I can't do it. But. Yeah. I'll dismember him and then leave him burning. (laughs) Maybe he'll be okay. I will say that that is one thing that I thought the episode did well. And part of why I keep saying I want more of Obi-Wan Kenobi's interiority is because Ewan McGregor is such an amazing character. Like, I think having a couple of long shots of just his face as he's processing things would be amazing. Mm -hmm. Sure. and uh, Courtney pointed out, yeah, that there was a moment where we see not just Vader killing these people, but Obi-Wan's guilt. Oh, you know, yeah. That he, he knows mm-hmm. he's the cause of this. Not only right now, the guy. but because he didn't just cut off the head. You know, watch a zombie movie. You know what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, yeah, I think that, it, that that was one thing that did really come across really strongly here. Actually, cutting off a head of a zombie would not kill them. You have to destroy the brain. Just not nitpicking, just... 
No, that's, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> that's, a, that's a nit that should be picked. So, there we go. I'm thinking I think it of vampires. on the flavor of zombie, but yeah. Some vampires yeah. also you can decapitate and they'll be okay, but usually it's usually it's effective. Yeah. yeah. Heart. We do have one more big piece we're going to talk about, which is giving Ashley a chance to kind of comment on what we talked about uh, just a couple days ago on the Superhero Ethics Podcast. Uh, but first, Paul, we're putting this out on a video, and there's chances for people to watch stuff on video. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so we're streaming here on Twitch right now, which if you're here on Twitch, you you know that. If you're on YouTube or listening to the podcast, uh, maybe you know that, but it's it's a thing. So you can always <laughs> join us when we're live. I'll try to have the schedule on my Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash zenmadman. And, um, you know, there will be other notifications, various places uh, you can follow here. And also on YouTube, you can watch the um, slightly edited videos later, sometimes with <laughs> some of the pre and post um shenanigans left mm-hmm. in on uh youtube um as zen madman i guess it's youtube.com slash user slash zen madman we'll work on that once we get to a uh, hundred subscribers we get a vanity url i found Ooh. if i just google youtube and zen madman yeah. just those two words it always yeah. takes me there so there, there is al- there is also Good. zen madman poker so that's where I right. just do my poker stuff. So, um, you know, if you're interested in poker, hit me up there, too. But, um, yep, yeah, just to not be too confused. And actually, uh, you you might be on a podcast or two from time to time. What else are you up to these days? Oh, God. Oh, what do we have going on? I guess The Boys comes out this Friday. Mm-hmm. So that yep. is happening. And then we're covering Stranger Things at some point next week, which will be fun. And we got Top Gun. And Marvel stuff, as usual, on the MCU yep. cast. Yep. MCU cast to check out Ashley. Lots of other great content there. Of course, this podcast and all the other podcasts I do is on the Ethical Panda. Uh, we had great comments from the Twitch, but I also love emails and, and, and messages like that. We've already gotten a couple of good emails that myself and Ricky and Sarah and possibly Matthew Carroll will be talking about on Monday. So go to theethicalpanda.com. There you'll find all the ways to give us feedback. So we're going to switch gears and talk to um, Ashley about... Uh, celebrity status and fandom and the recent trial right after this commercial break that we have no control over. All right, so welcome back. We're going to talk about the celebrity uh, concept that uh, Paul and I were talking about, celebrity and fandom. And actually, a lot of this, what we talked about was the Amber Heard-Johnny Depp trial. As we're recording that, the trial has now come to an end. Um, They basically were both found guilty of defamation. Johnny Depp got a much bigger payout Mm -hmm. than Amber Heard. But one thing Paul and I talked about, at least from my perspective, uh, and I don't want to speak for Paul, but I, I, I can't akin to a place of I care about the trial in terms of the way it is tapping into larger conversations. Mm-hmm. And also just in terms of my decision making about am I going to go see Aquaman 2 or not? The answer is no. Um, but beyond that, I'm not really that into the details of it. Right. You, I know, have been really into the details about it. I want to kind of give a chance for that perspective. What what was it for you that kind of got you so sucked into this trial? Um, so I watched so much true crime, like a second to Marvel and horror, like third is true crime, which also kind of goes hand in hand with some horror. But I, I watch like the, the law and court TV, Virginia Uh specifically, all cases that are in Virginia, usually around DC can be televised. So they usually are. And I don't think a lot of people know that. So there's Mm. tons of trials that are always out there. Like, um... I found it during the uh, Michelle Carter trial 
because I was very into that story. The uh, the girl who texted with her boyfriend and he committed suicide and she was at fault when they read all the text messages. If you remember that case. Oh, yeah. She was kind of encouraging. And it, it was almost thought, it yeah. wasn't too unsimilar um, using the First Amendment wise than what's happening here. And the whole like freedom of speech kind of thing was mm-hmm. brought up a lot. So like you I, I just learn a lot of different things and to watch the actual trials is, is crazy because I think watching the way that the lawyers can get in people's head is interesting. Like, you know, the objections sustained, like how they get by with like, I just think the whole process is interesting. And this was almost like a masterclass because these lawyers, his lawyers were very good. Her lawyers were not so great. Um, and you could tell by how many objections and sustains were overruled by the judge. So just watching that alone was very interesting. Plus, this is a high-profile, you know, celebrity case, not unlike the OJ trial or whatever other trials have come. You know, the staircase trial, which I followed very closely and watched. It's uh, it's just all interesting. Mm-hmm. I, you, I see you made a face about the staircase trial, Matthew. When so, okay, first of all, I I think that's a really interesting perspective. Like my response to the question was like, I can't figure out why the f. I would be interested in any of these things, right? I think that's a really interesting angle on like, you're you're actually interested in the law. Like if you're interested in other cases besides just like celebrity gossip cases, kind of. Right. Like not to be like, Oh no, I watch a lot. Oh, you like this for good reasons. You like it for bad reasons. (laughs) People like what they like. But if I have to kill somebody, I have a really good idea of how I'm going to act on, on the stand. Or if you get in trouble or in a situation when you're innocent, it's really learning a lot about your rights. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. No, no. And and um, I actually, in like eighth grade, it was the 13s. We didn't have grades at Bank Street. But we did a, oh. a mock trial. And it was a staircase trial. And I was, I think I was defense lawyer. <laughs> and um, the somebody claimed, oh, no. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And somebody claimed that they'd been pushed. Uh, this is someone you know, Matthew, Andrew. Um, claimed that they had been pushed down the stairs by my client. Um, and it, it was, it was, the whole thing was around the staircase and it was, it was very fun. And, um, okay. I, I grilled him on his shoes. I was like, but those shoes are all duct taped up. Isn't it true that yeah. <laughs> you don't have any traction on those shoes? Um, oh, it's but yeah. Like, yeah. It's fascinating. Like when you're on, if you're a character witness, you're not allowed to say what anybody told you. So if you start a thing, like just for example, like Johnny Depp said, they'd be like objection hearsay. Mm-hmm. And right. even if even if they're like, but they said it to me, it doesn't right. matter. It's just little interesting things like yeah, that yeah. that can really yeah. trip you up when you're on the stand and make you not look uh, legitimate or, right. you know. And, and in some ways it's interesting because my, my, my parents were both lawyers and my mother was someone who had a great deal of respect for the American legal system, but also thought it was very problematic. And she... In a lot of ways, she really admired like the system that the French and some others use, where it's not as adversarial, where it's the the judge and judge investigators who are trying to like find out the facts of the case. And I, I think there's definitely problems with, with with a lot of different models. I'm not saying that they, that's good and this is bad, but certainly the way you're saying it, like to me, the idea that like I I don't think I am ever. I think if I could study this whole thing for hours and hours on end, days and days on end, I still wouldn't feel qualified to decide like. Amber was right. Johnny was right. You know, who was right or wrong here? Well, you need I, to, to I, like break down what the actual trial was about because they weren't right. both different. Like that's that was not exactly correct what you said in the beginning. Well, no, but that's my point is I'm saying like I don't you're right. The trial wasn't supposed to do that. But certainly public opinion is doing that. Like right. that's the right. and, and 
kind of my point is, especially when you say that, like, maybe one of the biggest differences here, maybe why Johnny won is because of the, like, difference in quality of lawyers. Like, I think, to me, that's kind of upsetting of, like, that, that you know, like, because, um, again, mm. I, don't, I don't know what the truth is here. I don't think I'm ever going to know the truth. But just knowing that, like, one of them may have had much, much more qualified or that's, much more skilled lawyers. Yeah, like, that's not exactly, like, you all learn the law and you learn it. As, it's just being able to use the law better than somebody else. Like, I'm not trying to discredit their right. lawyers. It's just some people are two painters. You know, you got Monet and... Andy Warhol, they're both really good, but who would be like a better painter? I don't know, because I'm not saying that they weren't. She had an equal chance to get a lawyer, you know, lawyers who are as good. But for some, like they just had. They were poking holes in the story, and that also is a reason to think that maybe there's something wrong with the story. If it's this easy to dismantle and, and you're looking this bad and all of your your statements or objections are being you know sustained because you're not objecting correctly. I don't know. That, that's yeah. more of what I wasn't saying, like, one wasn't qualified enough. Oh, no, I'm not just saying you. And I've heard that argument. But, like, mm-hmm. one of the things I've been reading a lot is people saying, like, is is Amber really as terrible as people say? Or is it that the her lawyers aren't as good? And I, I'm just saying that, to me, that introduces an, an, an element of uncertainty mm-hmm. that I kind of wish, like, wasn't a part of our legal system. Well, but there's something the really of- interesting that you can think about that they talked about in closing arguments. And it was, like, Johnny Depp had how many character witnesses come in and Amber Heard in the trial of her life only could get her sister. She didn't have one other person who was willing, who wasn't a paid expert to take the stand for her. Right. It's, I mean, I don't say I think that both of them did horrible things to each other, but the court case was about if that op-ed that she posted D you know, def, def, I can't say it, defamed him in any way. That's And her countersue was that he did as well. So he won on all accounts for his side. And then when they countered, she lost most of them, but won the fact that his ex-lawyer, Mr. Waldman, had said and posted on Twitter, which he's now blocked from forever for posting these things, horrible things. But that's why Johnny Depp was, he's not going to have to pay her well, that uh, somebody else did because they oh. said Johnny Depp is paying zero dollars. That so she when they said his, his name, lawyers, former lawyer, basically. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't. Adam Waldman's at home probably like, how did I get drugged into this? Like, what do you mean? But like he, because that did happen, Johnny Depp. Yeah. But the thing was, they said that Depp probably knowingly knew that he was going to post those things. Right. So that's, right. so that's kind yeah. of like, but and that's why having to bring out all the monsters in the closet for both of them was to kind of be like, well, you have to look at the whole story to see if she posted this op-ed and this is lying and that that we think that this wasn't true after signing an NDA saying that you weren't allowed to, to talk about each other. Both of them did that. So right. ugh. it was it was it was a very like for him to bring all this up and bring it all out in the open is, you know, Ugh, we'll see if they can bounce back from this. <laughs> but she's going to be an Aquaman too, right? Have they shot it, or are they? So they already shot it, right? I honestly, I heard she like spoiled some of it on the stand. <laughs> oh really? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would. I could tell you, but I, I, I do wonder because I think DC. I know in earlier statements when years ago people were first trying to bring up some of this, maybe Amber was actually the terrible one, or maybe they both terrible. And I, I don't remember the details. It was years ago, and this is a story I've not been paying much attention to. 
But I remember DC said something along the lines of, look, until there's actual, like, a legal conviction of some kind, we're not going to, like, kick Amber out of um, our our movies. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, like, and I, I think public opinion has been shifting back and forth on this. A couple weeks ago, it seemed very against uh, Ms. Heard. Today, it does seem like there's a lot of people kind of recognizing. And again, it is kind of like we were saying before about Reba. I think it's a very similar story. As far as I can tell, like the discussion about what Amber Heard did or didn't do has now morphed into a very misogynistic, like, look, women always lie. Me too is always wrong. Like, you know, I think that's so dangerous. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, like every single person is a person. We do not float. Women do not float on this pedestal where we never lie. And you got to believe all of us. And I say that from experience. Trust me. I know personally, physically myself and have seen it with people in my life. And we, you know, women, men, every, we lie and we're terrible. And they, you know, so, sometimes, you know, there's going to be bad. I don't even want to say bad. I don't know. I'm like dancing around the fuck out of this. I'm terrified. <laughs> I don't know how to say it right. But no, we're not, you know. But we're like not having said that, it's like that doesn't mean that you shouldn't believe anyone ever, right? It's like you you don't need to take the full Obi Wan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's you know, it's a it's a hard situation, the is but now complete. Yeah, yeah. Just to to think that you know, no one would like look at it with the Z's. Aziz pretty much oh. almost got canceled, and it turned out it was like, oh, I just kind of really didn't want to give him a blowjob. It's like, well, that is not. Y- y- you see how what you did there, girl, like in the middle of this, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I hear that. I think this, this gets into a lot. Like to me, I think because there's been such a long history of and still is a like you don't believe the woman, you don't believe the victim unless she has like physical proof or whatever that I, I, I still think the idea of like kind of starting from a place of we're probably going to believe someone, but be open to skepticism. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, I, more than anything to me, what it, and this is kind of what we talked about last time, this is a literal anecdote. This is one particular case and people trying to use it to prove kind of one larger point. But, but yeah, I, I understand why you're scared because I think it is – this case is part of these much larger narratives that are hard to talk about. Mm-hmm. And frankly, there's a lot of people, I think, not acting in good faith using this story to prove it. So it's kind of like, ah, yeah. I, I agree with the first sentence of what that person is saying, but none of the rest of it. Yeah. I don't want and to be I mean, associated with that. It's going to happen. It, there's no stopping yeah. it. There's no changing it. But it's it's also shedding a little bit on the light, you know, that, you know, you could, you know, men aren't always liars. And yes, men can be abused, too. Yeah. My mom used to beat her boyfriends up like badly. Mm-hmm. It's I've seen it. You know, it's. It's, you know, it there there's just like, you know, people are just people. We're people. Yeah. 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 yeah and sure. when we're talking about anything that happened outside of our own sphere of observation, like there's always a level of uncertainty. Even the things that we observe, there's a level of uncertainty. Yeah. Like, is that really what I saw? It's like sometimes it's not. <laughs> yeah. Usually yeah. it is. But sometimes it's not, you know, mm-hmm. like mirages are a thing. Someone didn't make that up. Like, mm-hmm. there are mirages, right? Yeah. And, like, that's not to say, like, oh, you can't trust anything you see. Like, no. No. Just, like, there exists uncertainty. And people and there are was, really rough at accepting There was a lot of recordings and a lot of videos of both of them being equally har- horrible. Right. Her right. talking about, yeah, I punched you in the face. Grow up, Johnny, you giant baby. Like, outlet just flat yeah. out saying it, you know? 
What are you going to tell the world? Oh, I'm Johnny Depp and I'm a man and, I, and I'm and i a victim of abuse. Are you going to tell the whole world? I was like, ooh. Yeah, yeah he is. And I think it's, it's interesting because this is actually kind of relating to a lot of the conversations we have over in the Superhero Ethics podcast about villains, you know, and about how it changes your perspective a lot if you know a villain's backstory because yeah. then they and, – and I bring them up because there's been a lot of people arguing that the way Johnny was – that. Well, I think people have made this argument about both of them is the kind of question of like, well, whoever starts the cycle of violence, they're the bad one, and the other one's just responding to the cycle of violence, so it's not their fault. And there's a lot of truth to mm -hmm. that, but there's also like this idea of like, okay, who started it is bad yeah. and the other person is good. It's a real mess. Yeah, um, no, and they were both very, very terrible to it. Like he smashed everything in that, like would smash everything around. Like, no, that's not hitting her, but you're smashing everything and there's glass everywhere and you're taking pills and like i hate to yeah. go back to my own experiences but my mom would black out and from pills and they don't remember they really yeah. don't they're like you did that to yourself you did all this i didn't do it and they really uh, it's like a pathological thing they really believe it it's sad yeah. and it's a sad circle so yeah nobody was a good guy in in this story Definitely. but that uh, wasn't what the case was about Courtney in the chat made two two comments. I just wanted to comment on one was replace her with a dolphin. No one will know. I, I will say that, like, <laughs> granted, I did not like the first Aquaman movie in general. There's nothing about her acting performance that was like, oh, God, we can't have it without her. Yeah, yeah replace her with a dolphin. Replace Re everyone with a dolphin. Replace her with Johnny Depp. <laughs> I thought she was fine. Like, I'm not, like, a huge fan or anything. But, yeah, replace her with Johnny Depp. Like... <laughs> I don't know. I, don't I, I, I think the Aquaman movie is is underrated because reasons, but um, that's fair. Mm -hmm. which that's isn't fair. to say that like I think it's great. It's just like I think it's fine. I think it's a fine movie. Yeah. Like it's as good as like an average MCU movie, and like <laughs> yeah, it I, actually I that. It... did some things that like other movies weren't doing. You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Replace all actors with Jason Momoa's abs. <laughs> I would second that. Here, here. <laughs> I I want his face and his beard, but Jason Momoa in general, I would be very okay with. Replace um, the dolphins with his face and his beard. There you go. There you go. Um, uh, the other thing Courtney brought up, though, I think was really important, is coming from a mental health perspective, I uh, – wait, let me make sure I can read it. I have bad glasses. Coming from a mental health perspective, I can absolutely see how this came about. BPD, which is borderline personality disorder, is such a complex and often terrifying diagnosis to have. And I'll – yeah, I, I'm someone who has um, – uh, I have a diagnosis that's kind of like 80% of uh, PTSD, 80% of borderline. But yeah, it is very true. And I've had therapists who didn't want to work with me about it. I had a year or two in my life where my father had read this book about like how terrible it is to parent people with borderline. And you know, I worked through that a good deal. But like, yeah, it's, it's, it's very difficult. And I think if nothing else, what this trial taught me is how incredibly glad I am not a celebrity. Because mm -hmm. I, I have seen my parents go through very bad marital issues. I have certainly had relationship problems, and I spent a number of years as a relationship counselor, and I just think if if there are ever two things that should never be close to each other, it's on the one hand trying to unravel all the complexities and nuances of a toxic relationship, and the other is Twitter. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> those two things don't mix well at all, and yet this whole thing has been – like it. The, the Twitterification of this trial, I think, is where it's gotten really ridiculous. See, I'm I just... don't Twitter. I guess I missed that whole side of it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I, I was appreciated. You have these much more complex takes where I do see so many people are just like, oh, no, this proves Amber's bad. Or no, Amber's being so unfairly treated. Or just, you know, and it's just, it, it's so much more complex. And mm -hmm. probably all of it's true and some of it, none of it's true. And 
Yeah. Hell knows. Yeah, I definitely think on Twitter, if there's an opinion that can be had, you can find someone who has it, no matter how <laughs> whatever it find is. Find your tribe. It's, yeah. you know, <laughs> I, you know I, I do like the idea that, you know, hey, if if, if it, uh, this lawyer is getting banned from Twitter forever, well, maybe there's some hope about some uh, political figures. Well, and that happened back forever. in 2016 when he posted it. For the, mm, yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Well, it's crazy. There's a lot. It's a lot of information. <laughs> Reminder, the block button is free. Yes, and it, it is. can yes, be your friend for sure. Use yeah, it liberally. Yeah, there's just a lot of times when it's like, why do I? I mean, I go through sort of social media like cleanses from time to time. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know, at, at some point I might just like delete them all. But no. I, I do think it's <laughs> like sometimes you can just like, yeah, just be like, I don't need this entering into here right so yeah. like no and then then that's that you know yeah. <laughs> and it's like it's helpful i think i blocked yeah. a couple of people this week it felt great yeah i i've been on a rant on, if you want to see my ranting about a lot of the, the star wars toxicity and stuff like that go to tiktok the ethical panda but one thing i've been talking about a lot there too and some other creators even better than i uh, wow that sounds arrogant for me a lot of really great creators especially there that i have a lot of respect for have also been making these points you know like I don't think the overall Star Wars fandom is toxic any more than I think most of these fandoms are toxic. I think all the stuff coming out of Star Wars Celebration has reminded me like how many great, wonderful Star Wars fan creators there are. The thing is that these tiny minorities take up so much of the oxygen in the room and they yell and scream so loudly that it turns other people off and makes them want to walk away. And I think if you don't want to be on social media, if you don't want to be in the conversations, that's fine. Protect yourself. Protect your mental health. But if you can... Help shut them down, you know, gatekeep. I, I think we can gatekeep fandom and make clear, you know, hate has no place in it. And, and yeah, I'm I'm all for that. I've, I've been having more and more when I do TikTok lives, you know, some haters will come in. And when I just tried to ignore them, it wouldn't work. And when I would just, you know, shut them down and get other people to help shut them down, they, they went away. So, yeah. I'm less optimistic yeah. that that's a thing. And and I have some some things, but that sounded really beautiful. So I'll I, just shut up. Well, it's, it's not even just you can make them go away. It's also just drowning them out. You know, I think oh, when sure, when, yeah. when those people are the only people talking about it because everyone else is like, eh, I don't want to get involved, which, again, is fair. But anyway, yeah, we're now way off into our, our uh, tangent land. So any last <laughs> comments about Amber Heard, Johnny Depp, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Star Wars, Stranger Things, AEW wrestling from last night? I don't know. Whatever anyone's got. Uh because of Stranger Things, I've had Kate Bush is uh, running up that hill on repeat, and I recommend everybody else should too. I was about twenty minutes into the first episode before I realized that I had three minutes, not an hour and three minutes, to, to before our recording. But I will. <laughs> I am looking forward to getting back to Stranger Things and myself and Ashley and one of the people who's on uh, Jaws with us uh, on, on the Superhero Ethics Podcast will be recording on Stranger Things soon. So nice. Yay. I, I have Paul, never closing. S- yeah, I have never seen Stranger Things. It has been out for years now. I will still get mad at you if you spoil it for me because I feel like I probably want to watch it someday. So that's just how it is. <laughs> I laughed because you were on our invitation email and I was very confused. I know. I remember I was you like, saying well, that you but, didn't watch that show. Right. I think I think I'm just default on the, the invites now. Right? Yeah. 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 That's, that's fine. Yeah. That's I, for sure. Yeah. I, I, I would recommend you watch it, but there's a yeah. long list of those and it will not be spoiled in any way, shape or form. No. If anyone, who spoiled, anyone who spoils Stranger Things on the comments for about this – um, I will find you and I will run you over with my wheelchair and wheelchair marks are hard to get out of clothing. So <laughs> just don't do it. 
Um, all right. I'm having myself, Paul, Ashley. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for putting up with our nonsense because we've had a lot of nonsense this episode. But I hope that you are enjoying Obi-Wan Kenobi or have whatever feelings you have it. I think you're enjoying our coverage about it. Please help get the word out. Please let people know about these Twitch casts. Please let me share the YouTube videos, share the podcast. Um, this is a time when a lot of people are suddenly going to be a lot more interested in, in content. The more people who are listening, the more uh, hits we're getting, uh, you know, the more the more money we're making and the more access we're getting and the easier it is for us to keep making content for you. So if you enjoy this, please take a moment, leave a five-star review, tell other people you like it, leave a comment, leave a like, all the things and all the social <laughs> media. And most importantly, have a nice day. You go. Uh, I don't... <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs>